It's college football championship week, and with me this week to discuss that is Cody Fry. We get into the top four breakdown. We get into analyzing a few of the critical championship games, even the Pac-12, which is a sad excuse for a championship game, but it's still being played. So we talked about that one a little bit. Uh, We talked about how unstoppable Alabama is, and we also discuss if there's a chance that Texas A&M gets into the top four. FYI, the recording this week was a little iffy. Uh, There's a little bit of an echo when I speak, so uh, I tried to tune that out, so ignore that if you can. Uh, So let's get into championship week. All right, it's college football championship week this week, and we got quite a few championship games. We also got a few just regular games going on, so it's kind of an odd week. And here to discuss this week is Cody Fry. Cody, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Phil. Uh, So we got the top four that was just released again tonight. It's the same top four that we've been talking about the last two or three weeks. Uh, You know, we got Bama, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Um, Obviously, with Notre Dame and Clemson playing once again, it's – that's kind of the key game to the top four, it feels like. Um, If Clemson loses is – Texas A&M, kind of the likely team to get into the top four? I mean, I kind of feel like it seems to be set up that way. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I don't I don't know. This, this uh, Clemson and Notre Dame game is uh, really interesting. I mean, depending on the outcome of that game, I could also see them just putting Clemson at uh, four because I think that undoubtedly Clemson is leaps and bounds a better team than Texas A&M, so... If the goal is really to put the four best teams in, um, I don't know if that outcome really matters, although I would highly doubt also seeing them put a two-loss non-conference champion in at the same time. Yeah, I agree with you. I uh, Obviously, we'll talk about that game uh, coming up, but yeah, in the, in the event Clemson loses, it seems likely that A&M gets in. Um, other than that, I, I don't think even if Iowa State gets in, they've got two losses. Um, I don't see them leapfrogging A and M, and then you get down to the you know the Cincinnati's and and those teams that just they seem well behind. So it seems like we're talking about five teams likely in the top four. Um, so uh, kind of getting into the games, we got USC and Oregon uh, on Friday night in the probably least anticipated championship game that I can remember in any conference. And uh, it's probably because it's been such a short season out there. Um, so we got USC and Oregon, Oregon replacing Washington due to COVID issues with, with that team. Uh, Oregon at three and two USC is undefeated. Uh, USC has had three come behind, come from behind wins uh, in their short season, including last week against UCLA Uh Pretty strong passing attack there with Kadan Slovis. Um, Oregon's a little bit more balanced offensively. Pretty decent running game. Uh, both teams like to score. Uh, Cody USC. Um, if they win, 
obviously they don't they don't really have a argument to be in the top four, do they? I really don't believe that they do. Um, I think that all goes by the eye test with them at the same time. You know, yes, they're five and zero, the highest ranked team in the Pac-12. But at the same time, I mean, even just going back to last week, it took about everything that they had to come from behind and beat a really mediocre uh, UCLA team. I realize that's a rivalry, and sometimes uh, even if teams aren't great, they get up for those games. But uh, USC in no way passes the eye test at all, and I think that that was even reaffirmed by uh, the college football rankings tonight when they discussed, you know, what's the difference between a team like, say, Ohio State and USC, both 5-0 and shortened seasons, and... Uh, they very bluntly just said watching them play. So I think what it's uh, <laughs> they said everything they need to say right there. Were, yeah, they might be five and zero, technically thirteenth in the nation, but you know I think what it gets pretty weak after the top five, six, seven, eight teams. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, USC hasn't been overly impressive. I mean, they've squeaked by teams such as Arizona, um, who's just flat out awful. awful. Yeah. Um, conversely, Oregon's lost their last two games. <laughs> I mean, this this whole thing's kind of a joke, really, but um, still always worth betting on. Um, so the uh, the line is USC by three and a half. I, I just saw this, and the over-under's at 62. Uh, both teams average about 35 a game. Uh, defensively, neither are great. Uh, Cody, it, the my first thought was the over just seems like it should happen here. Yeah, I think that if there's anything that you're trying to bet on that you feel like would be the uh, safest thing in a game like this, it has to be the over. I mean, even frankly, USC at three and a half, um, I don't know that I feel comfortable betting either money line or the spread on a team like USC or even Oregon for that matter. So I think you have to get in a little bit deeper in the bets for games like this uh, where you're looking at different things such as um, first quarter totals, spreads at the half. Um, I think the over is safe just because the Pac-12 is somewhat similar to the Big 12 where there's not a lot of defense. But um, I could see it being a shootout as uh, quite a bit of those Pac-12 games are. It it has the feel of that kind of game. Uh, I I even wrote down the USC team total at 31.5, taking the over there if you didn't want to kind of mess with the the Oregon side of that that number. Um, So, yeah, this game to me is all about just betting the number, betting the over 62 um, I'm not that interested in watching this game, frankly, and I'm, it sounds like you, neither are you. No, not at all. Um, but it is a Friday night game, so maybe I'll check it out, uh, have it on. Um, so the Saturday games, obviously, we at the top, we got Iowa State and Oklahoma in the, uh, the Big 12 title game. Pretty interesting game considering Iowa State has never won a champ. They haven't won a conference championship in almost 100 years in any of the conferences they've been in. Um, they beat Oklahoma head-to-head in early October um, in a pretty entertaining back-and-forth game. Um, I just like Iowa State's team. They're really experienced. They have uh, 13 f- uh, fifth-year seniors. They play fundamentally sound on both sides of the ball. Um, uh, Brock Purdy and Brees Hall really lead a balanced attack there. And um, I'm, I'm a little surprised Oklahoma's favored by five and a half. I think that's just sort of a name value thing. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you think Spencer Rattler can, can do enough to cover that, Cody? You know, I don't really think that he can. Um, 
I'm pretty comfortable betting the five and a half on Iowa State for this game. And frankly, I was really surprised that they weren't favored to begin with. Um, I think some interesting things when I look at Oklahoma is you think of them as always having a traditionally really bad defense. And uh, Alex Grinser, defensive coordinator, has actually done a pretty decent job with them this year. Um, I have them as having, uh, you know, number four in the country rush defense, number 12 pass defense. Now, some of those numbers could be flawed depending on the teams that they're playing. And, frankly, the uh, Big 12 is not great this year. But at the same time, I really like Iowa State's running back and feel like he's going to have a lot of success Mm -hmm. in that. As well, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, the coach for Iowa State with Matt Campbell. I know he came from Toledo a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised for him to be on the short list for a lot of big-time jobs here, either this offseason or next. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before he leaves Iowa State at that time. But um, I'm comfortable taking the 5.5 on Iowa State. I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if Oklahoma won. That team has the experience uh, being in these conference championships the last couple of years. And certainly uh, Lincoln Riley's an offensive genius uh, for Oklahoma. But at the same time, I feel like uh, it's a pretty special season for Iowa State, and so I'll be rooting for them to pull through. I'm I'm siding with you here as well. I, I would take Iowa State the getting the five and a half. Um, Rattler's been really good the last five games. Uh, Eleven touchdowns, only two picks. He had a really rocky start to the season. He actually got benched for a while, and then he's been he's been pretty good since then. And Oklahoma's won six in a row. Um, they've won by an average of twenty points their last uh, six games. Um, so yeah, they've been playing well, but they, like you said, they've played teams like Kansas, Texas Tech, and Baylor. They're just not quite the the competition that you, you know that's going to be challenging them to, for for victory. So um, I'm with you. I like Iowa State. I like their coach. Um, and, and something that impressed me: 97 percent of their recruits are three star recruits, and we know Oklahoma is getting four star, five star guys. Uh, so I'm just I'm really impressed with that kind of coaching where they're really coaching them up and uh, by, the, by the time they get to be junior seniors they're really just playing good football so I'm siding with you I'll take Iowa State getting the five and a half um, let's see what happens if they they win that game I they're not gonna they shouldn't get the, into the top four but uh, really be a, a, a landmark win for their program to get in one of those prestigious bowl games um, Moving on to your Ohio State Buckeyes in the Big Ten title game against Northwestern. Ohio State is favored by 20.5 points, the over-under at 57.5. Some of these numbers that Ohio State's putting up are just eye-popping. They're averaging 530 yards a game. Um, It's almost 180 yards a game more than Northwestern. who have they're just really pedestrian on offense uh with the the iu transfer peyton ramsey solid but nothing too exciting um i kind of forgot northwestern lost to michigan state which is pretty inexplicable this year considering where they're at um and that northwestern hasn't reached 30 points in the last six games uh, but they only allow 14 a game um anything they could do to throw off justin fields in this offense to make this interesting you know, they uh, met two years ago in the Big Ten Championship, and Northwestern had a little bit of success. Um, not necessarily where you felt like they were ever going to win that game, but, you know, they play good, sound, fundamental defense, and uh, not a lot of star power on that defense, but they're, they're taught very well. They have a scheme that works. A big defensive head coach who was a monster linebacker in his own, own right back when he was at Northwestern, and um, 
you know, I don't know necessarily that Northwestern can slow down Ohio State for the entire game. Um, I think their defense, they can have a great plan together, but, you know, I think that even if they execute to perfection, that's still, I'm probably giving Ohio State, you know, 28 to 38 points. Um, if Northwestern's defense plays almost perfect, um, and I just don't know if they have the points to keep up with Ohio State. It's exactly what I wrote down is is Ohio State's going to score 30 points at least, and uh, it's it's hard to envision Northwestern scoring that much in this game. Um, Pat Fitzgerald, by the way, rumored for, <laughs> rumored for the Bears job. Uh, just another guy that I'm going to throw out there that would be a pretty interesting fit as a Chicago guy. Um, be interesting to see if he's he's been pretty committed to that program. Um, see if he gets any other offers besides NFL jobs. Um, I, I'll probably lay the twenty and a half and and take my chances with you know Justin Fields and Alave and Garrett Wilson in that offense. Um, they've also been involved. They've been uh, running the ball pretty well. Uh, Sermon and and uh, Teague have been pretty nice two headed monsters. So I I don't see Ohio State having much trouble here. Yeah, and a couple other interesting bets that I thought that I would, I'd go with. I like the under 57.5. I think that Ohio State's going to win handily. I don't know that uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game that we're used to from them. I could see it more of a, uh, a 38-14, 38-10, something like that. And then also over 13.5 in the first quarter. I think that that's a pretty safe bet in its own right. Um, you know, I think that when I was looking at the stats of each team, I know Northwestern's number one country and pass efficiency defense but at the same time i've had, I have it written down that uh rocky lombardi from michigan state is about the most dynamic uh quarterback that they've faced so far this big 10 schedule so i think some of their stats are flawed from playing in the west and a lot of weaker competition um you could say the same thing about ohio state in their own right but i think over the years they've proven um that it's not a flaw it's not just their scheduling um i think northwestern will be exposed a little bit i think that uh you know, I'd look for Ohio State to really come out and make that statement as if there was any question about them being in that top four um, or being worried about being dropped mm-hmm. out of there at that point. Yeah. The uh, ACC title game, which we talked about earlier, probably has the most playoff ramifications of any of the games that we're going to talk about. Um, obviously, it's a big rematch from early November when Notre Dame beat Clemson 47-40 in double OT. Uh, Clemson is a 10.5 point favorite with the over-under at 60.5 points. Um, Notre Dame has got a pretty balanced attack with uh, Ian Book and Kyron Williams, who has been really consistent. Uh, 600-yard games he's got this season. Um, Nearly 1,300 total yards. And on the other side, Travis Etienne has been pretty good, but he's a little bit more impactful in the passing game for Clemson. Um, obviously, we know what, what Trevor Lawrence uh, brings to the table. He seems to be back in full health. Uh, Ian Book has been kind of the difference, though. He's he really. I think we when we talked a couple weeks ago, he really makes a lot of plays with his legs, not just running, but keeping plays alive. And uh, I was a little surprised that the line was ten and a half. Uh, what about you? Yeah, that was that was really surprising. I don't know if that's the uh, Trevor Lawrence factor from throwing in, but you know. The freshman quarterback from Clemson was no joke. I mean, in their first go-around, he passed for you know, over 400 yards and had three total touchdowns. So it's not like he was a scrub in his own right. So I don't know that adding Trevor Lawrence to the mix makes them 10.5 points better. I do believe that head-to-head that Clemson's probably a little bit of a better team. 
Um, or maybe that's just because we've known Clemson to be consistent every year. Um, yeah. But I think that when I look at it, um, you know, Notre Dame's rushing defense is amazing. I think the first game that Clemson had maybe 33, 34 yards uh, total that entire game. Um, ETN was really a non-factor in the running game. But I think that the bigger issue than Trevor Lawrence was the fact that Clemson was missing Xavier Thomas, who's one of their better defensive ends. They were missing Tyler Davis, who's a 320-pound defensive tackle up the middle. And also their middle linebacker, uh, I think it's Skalski, something similar to that. Uh, mm -hmm. Which really allowed for uh, Kyron Williams, you know, he tore him up, 140 yards rushing, three rushing touchdowns. Um, I'd look for Clemson to try to focus it on and take him away. I don't know that with a full-strength Clemson defense that Ian Book by himself can beat them. Um, but, you know, the game line on 10.5, I'm, I'm certainly taking Notre Dame um, with those 10.5 points. Is I really don't see Clemson covering that. I think that Notre Dame's going to be really, really solid enough to prove that they are one of the better four teams. Um, I probably haven't seen a more disrespected team who's been number two in the nation for the majority of the year than what Notre Dame has been and so I think that people are all expecting them to lose mm -hmm. and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised in any uh, any instance if Notre Dame came out and got the win again I don't think it'll be as high scoring of an affair as what we saw the first time um, but I mean even the last game wasn't really high scoring until late third quarter early fourth when they started to go back and forth mm-hmm yeah I think it's this sort of the I don't want to say disrespect for Notre Dame, but, um, you know, sort of them not showing up in these big moments for the last few years, starting with that Alabama championship game a few years ago. Um, so I think that's why it was so important that they beat Clemson earlier this season, even, even without Trevor Lawrence, it, it kind of put a stamp on what they've been doing. Um, and I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know if they win this game. In fact, I probably would pick Clemson to win, but I do think they can cover the 10.5. I think they can generate uh, enough offense and hold Trevor Lawrence down enough to at least cover the 10.5. And, and Clemson wins during the playoffs. Notre Dame is probably going to stay in there, and uh, that, that would probably slot them in to potentially play Alabama, which you know everyone would want to avoid at this point, um, <laughs> which sort of leads us into the SEC title game. Um, the 10-0 Alabama Crimson Tide against the Florida Gators at 8-2. Florida's coming off a really sloppy loss to LSU, which pretty much jeopardized any chance they had to make the top four. Um, uh, notoriously, Dan Mullen has never beaten Nick Saban. I think he's 0-9. And, um, and you got the probably the top two Heisman candidates uh, with Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. However, I think the best player in the country this season has been Devontae Smith. I think he's been just insane. And, Cody, I also have written down, I think Alabama's been slightly underrated with what they've done this year. I was looking at their numbers this year. It's it's pretty insane. They've won every game by 15 points or more. Yeah, I think what it's uh, really interesting when you look at a team like Alabama because they're, they've really adapted um, to what college football is now as they used to be that hard-nosed defensive team run the ball down your throat and I think they still have the capability of doing it. I mean Najee Harris is built like a middle linebacker at running back for them and you know they have four or five five stars right behind him that they could just rotate in but that passing offense with Mac Jones and uh, Devonta Smith I mean it, it's electric and nobody seemed to stop it even knowing that they're going to throw the ball deep every single game it still looks effortless so I think that uh 
Nick Saban and his his staff, uh, really credit to uh, Sarkeesian, their offensive coordinator, have done a really good job of adapting their offense, uh, making it more modern, and really scary how they can, you know, at any point run the ball down your throat or pass all over the field and beat you either way. Um, you know, as an Ohio State fan, I'm pretty excited about Notre Dame and Clemson playing again because I think either way, Ohio State probably moves into the three line. Um, and I think that if anybody had their choice of that one team to avoid right away in the college football playoff, it would absolutely be Alabama. Yeah, it's it's what they're doing offensively, like you said, is scary. And uh, they have adapted, you know, to I mean, five years ago where they were, you know, hard-nosed defense, run the ball, um, you know, with maybe like A.J. McCarron, you know, kind of managing the game more. Now they're just wide open, and it's really fun to watch. Um, Florida could – I mean, they can make this a track meet. We know they can score. Um, you know, they got a lot of weapons on the outside, and, and Trask has been finding them. The over-under in this game, 74-and-a-half. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty high. Uh, Bama favored by 17 it's a big number, but like I said, they've they've pretty much laid the hammer down against everyone they've played this season. Um, I'll I'll take Florida to cover the seventeen, and maybe maybe it's a ten to fourteen point game, but I don't I don't see see it much closer than that. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm actually going to take Alabama with the seventeen. Um, you know, until they've shown a reason to prove me wrong. Um, but... Florida, I think that, you know, had they not lost last week and looked really mediocre the week before against Vanderbilt, I might be um, higher on them, and this game would have definitely had more college football playoff implications. I do think that it's interesting that uh, the college football playoffs rank them still at seven after losing to a really bad LSU team and only dropped them a spot. So I don't believe yeah. they have a shot at the top four, but, you know, say they come out and absolutely destroy Alabama, which Alabama is prone to those games every three, four, five years where they just get run off of the field. I mean, then it certainly starts to get interesting. Um, but I like Alabama to cover the 17. Um, over 16 and a half in the first quarter, I like that as well. And I think Florida's only chance is a track meet in this game because, frankly, they don't have a defense at all. And so I'm going to go out on a limb, probably throw a small bet on the over 74 and a half, but I don't view that as likely as I do or safe as I feel about the 17 for Alabama or the 16 and a half total in the first quarter. I mean, imagine Florida winning this game and uh, somehow they would make the top four. That would, I mean, that'd be pretty controversial with two losses and playing as bad as they get played against LSU for that to happen. I mean, it, it seems unlikely they win, but you know, that's where you get kind of into the, the, um, the nature of these, you know, the, the playoffs where it's it's not set in stone who makes the top four and there's a committee um, involved. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to be talking about Alabama uh, being 11 and 0 and and going into the playoffs as the top seed. Um, any other thoughts on, on college football this week or any other any other games? It, like I said, it's kind of weird that you get the college, you know, the championship games and then then you got a random game like Texas A and M and Tennessee. Yeah, I think, you know, Texas A&M, I think it sets up nice for them because they don't have a tough game, and really all they need to do is win and then hope for a team like Clemson or Ohio State to lose to, for them to have a chance to get in. Um, just as a pure sports fan, I'm really interested in watching uh, Louisiana Lafayette and Coastal Carolina. Um, you know, one thing I didn't know, I guess, until digging into that game a little bit more is that 
Louisiana Lafayette, I mean, they're no slouch. They lost by three to Coastal Carolina earlier this year. And then Lafayette also actually ended up beating Iowa State earlier this year. So one of Iowa State's two losses. So they're ranked 19th in the rankings. They're certainly no slouch. Coastal Carolina has the three and a half. And I view them somewhat similar to uh, UCF a couple of years ago of that Cinderella of college football that everybody's rooting for. And so they're definitely a fun team to watch. And so I think that that's a game that I'm pretty interested in watching. Um, short of that, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, certainly this weekend. Um, other than that, you know, I might check out a team such as uh, Tulsa and Cincinnati just because Cincinnati, I mean, I'm a big Luke Fickle fan. He came from Ohio State and certainly rooting mm-hmm. for them, not in the instance of getting in the college football playoffs, but um, yeah. I think it's really tremendous what he's done at a team like Cincinnati. And so I think they're sitting there at seventh, eighth, or ninth in the college football rankings. So, I mean, a couple of years ago when we had the BCS, you had chaos at the end. So I guess you never really know what's going to happen. I view um, ultimately Alabama is safe whether they win or lose. Um, Notre Dame is safe whether they win or lose. Clemson, I think if they lose close, I could very well see them still getting in as the four. Although Texas A&M would have that uh, mm-hmm. the gripe about that. And then Ohio State, I mean, obviously if they lose, I don't think they deserve to be in. But I really don't see that happening against North or Northwestern this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, interested to see uh, do they pick all the bowl games uh, Sunday night or by the end of Sunday I know that they're doing a final rankings on Tuesday so I don't know if certain teams will get bowl bids or um, I certainly believe I think that next Tuesday that all of the New Year's six games and the college football playoffs will be determined but um, I'm not not sure I I don't really know who's even going to play bowl games this year or host yeah. them because I could certainly see a lot of teams accepting the invitation and then just canceling the game. Yeah. I know there's been quite a few canceled, um, s- some of the lower level ones. Um, I'm interested to see where Indiana slots in. I know I've seen a lot of projections having them go to the Fiesta Bowl, uh, playing a team like perhaps like USC or Cincinnati. So um, huge for IU's program to land a bowl like that and uh, to play on a big stage. Um like that so i'm excited to see where they land and uh yeah excited to see how this this weekend shakes out should be pretty fun and then we get into the to bowl season so uh cody thanks again for joining me uh talking about this week and uh hope we got some good games yeah i appreciate it phil take care uh, this week, I'm going to post Cody and I's picks on uh, Instagram page, our Instagram page, Your Best Bet, uh, Your Best Bet Pod, um, and uh, we'll see if we pick some winners for you. So uh, appreciate you tuning in, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Yeah.